0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Envelope, please. We got a special episode of the Envelope, please, coming up for you. Um, we uh, want to discuss one of our favorite decades in full—the 1940s—and just quickly run down what we think are the uh, rankings for the top 10 best pitcher winners in, uh, in 1940 to 1949. That Great. is correct. Yeah, we're
1: gonna break it down. And see what our favorites were and kind of see if they match up between the two of us. And if they don't, then we're going to fight in bigger for the next, you know, 20 ish minutes.
0: <laughs> yeah, basically <laughs> um, we uh, we're going to try to do these. We've been we did a checkpoint episode a little while ago. Um, we'll probably do another one when, in, a, in a few years when we hit 25 at the Oscar like um, uh, ranking. Oh, people who just like lists. These are the episodes for you,
1: basically. These are them. (laughs) So let's give them a reminder. These were the 1940s Oscar winners. Uh, Rebecca, How Green Was My Valley? Mrs. Miniver, Casablanca, Going My Way, The Lost Weekend, The Best Years of Our Lives, Gentleman's Agreement, Hamlet, and finally, All the King's Men. Okay. Those were the 1940s. Well, we all know that Hamlets are number one. Ah, for sure it is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> only only Lawrence olivier's tights that's in its a
0: category all on its own all in and of its own <laughs> support that being number one on the list
1: absolutely uh, all right so rance what was your in the number 10 spot the worst best picture winner of the 1940s what do you have going my way <laughs> I have to say I'm not shocked. That is what I have as well. <laughs> I figured I figured we would agree on this one. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me, why yeah. did you put it in the last
0: spot? Well, I, I may may I say I don't think going my way is necessarily a horrible movie. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But sure. I don't, there is no earth where it should have been nominated for or won Best Picture, basically. I think it was a sentimental box office success that rode in on the coattails of uh, World War II feelings. I agree with you. um, And it's just so um, slight and sentimental. and might be passable entertainment and have a couple of songs in it that you might like. But other than other than that, it's it's just it's it says something about the year. That's the only thing I'll I'll say for it. But Double Indemnity was nominated that year.
1: <laughs> That's what I was going to say as well. Yes. In the likes of when you're putting Going My Way up against something as iconic as Double Indemnity, it just yeah, it baffles my mind. That at one Best Picture, looking back on it, you know, as you just said, I can see why. But when you're comparing these movies today, it just, you know, there is no comparison. Double Indemnity is the far superior movie. And yeah, Going My Way doesn't really have much to offer. It just doesn't. Yeah. And I, it's it's like one of the movies in the 1940s that I would not recommend to anybody. And I would certainly never watch again. I just have
0: zero interest in seeing this movie again. Yeah, if you want to watch Bean Crosby, just just go to White Christmas. Skip <laughs> Pasco, collect two hundred dollars, watch the Christmas movie,
1: or watch The Country Girl, please. That oh, one is, in Girl. my opinion, to his best movie. We'll get there. We'll get to the we couple. will get there. We're very close.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. In the number nine spot, Rance, what do you have? Hamlet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're matching up. Yeah. I put Hamlet <laughs> too. <laughs> I put Hamlet at number nine as well. Yeah. yeah. For me, this is, it's difficult because I think it's, you know, Shakespeare, when you're trying to compare a Shakespearean film adaptation to other, what would be considered modern, you know, movies during 1948, I don't know. The Shakespeare just doesn't excite me. You know what I mean? And I've, I commented before, Hamlet's one of my least favorite Uh, shakespearean plays and uh, yeah i just don't really find it very entertaining how about you
0: you know i have to say i don't think i think it's a a well-made well-crafted film um i think laurence olivier is fantastic definitely earned his oscar for best actor um it just it's just at the end of the day it's it's very literate, um, and while that definitely fills a void, it is not something that you can check in and watch at any point in time.
1: That's a good point. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of one of those best picture films where you know you watch it and you go, "Okay, I can," you know, "I respect this movie. I respect mm-hmm. what went into it." that I don't really need to see it again. <laughs> yeah, no. You know, it's kind of the prestige of it kind of overshadows the actual entertainment quality of it. Because as you said, it's very well made. Uh, I mean, it's beautiful to look at. And the fact that mm. he turned Hamlet into a film
0: noir is really, really impressive and really smart as well. It's, cin- it's cinematic. I mean, it's it's not a bad... Like, I, I'm clarifying here. Like I, I do think that this batch of 10 is... Um, you can see the quality increase from the the 30s where you had a couple of uh like Cimarron and yeah um uh what was the other one I was going to or Life of Emile Zola where you have a couple movies that are uh that are just kind of question marks because you're wondering like how the how the heck did this get there I I I, going my way is the only best picture nominee best picture winner this decade that I don't understand right you know uh, i agree with that yeah and so that that is an improvement the academy has more figured out what they should be awarding <laughs> if that means anything
1: definitely but and still, as we look through as we look through the rest of these winners in the 1940s you know a lot of these winners have a point of view and they have something to say about the decade they're made in mm-hmm. and i i just don't think you know, the two that we've oh, mentioned so far really offer anything
0: important, you know? Yeah. Um, anyway, so shall we move to number eight?
1: Let's move to number
0: eight. Let's see
1: I street. Okay. I, I feel like we're going Why to Why don't you go I, first, time? Okay, I will. Right. I put down gentleman's agreement. So did I. Oh, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is not fun. I feel yeah. But we know this. You and I have very similar taste in movies. Uh-huh. Yeah, gentlemen's Agreement for me, again, it's – this one was tricky because I do feel like what this movie is trying to say uh, mm-hmm. is really, really important, and especially yes. now. I mean, this is a message that is going to be important forever and ever and ever, you know what I mean? Um, however, looking back on it now, it doesn't – I wish it would do more, you know what I mean? Which I know they couldn't do more during the production code and under the res- this restrictions they had while – you know, in 1947, this was being made, but looking back on it today, you just wanna, you know, get a little frustrated. You're like, I want you to go more though, please go further, actually say the word Jew in this movie, you know, in the Holocaust, you know, like let's actually get into it more than it did. I feel like
0: it just brushes the surface. Yeah, well, I mean, it kind of feels like, um, you know, uh, anti-Semitism for dummies. <laughs> yeah,
1: <You
0: know? laughs> for uh, sure. Uh, but I mean, it, but that's where America was, and so that's why the movie comes off a little bit more elementary, I think, and that's understandable, and it's important, and um, I 100% understand why it wins. Uh, we also have hindsight um, and know that Elia Kazan, um, not hindsight future (laughs) site. Right. Right. And we we know that Ilya Kazan is going to make some movies that are superior um, to Gentleman's Agreement. Oh, yes. uh, And um, kind of like another uh, director, writer, we'll be talking about soon. Um, Not Ilya Kazan didn't write Gentleman's Agreement, but you get what I'm saying. Another director that we'll soon be talking about was also destined for greater things. But um, <laughs> oh yes, but, uh, uh, I mean, no one knew that on the waterfront was going to happen at that point, you know.
1: Definitely, and this is still, you know, relatively relatively early in Ili Kazen's film career, at least, where he still this he wasn't quite sums out people. That's what I'm saying. He's not quite the controversial <laughs> figure he yeah. is in just a matter of
0: you it's know a couple a, of years. Very progressive filmmaker. Yeah, you, know, you look at his choices for films they're always about social issues.
1: He's kind of uh, like
0: um you know if we're not going to controversy aside just from
1: you know a, a director standpoint he's kind of like an earlier Mike Nichols who got his start doing these amazing stage productions and then moved to film and was able to kind of create the same kind of magnetic energy um mm-hmm. in movies as he was able to do on the stage.
0: Also another
1: actor-friendly director exactly and i think that those two kind of seem to go hand in hand when you're working on both mediums of stage versus movies you really you know your actors are really what you have especially on the stage that is an actor's medium you know and you learn how to coach actors and direct actors and that's why i think when those stage directors move to the cinema the acting is always so good and i'll say that about gentlemen's agreement the
0: acting is really really good yeah you know there's It is. It is a, again, like not a bad movie. It's just uh, you know, Mm -hmm. on the grand scale of the. It's not as exactly. It's not as exciting as heavy hitters in the nineteen forties. In fact, I will say the next six movies that are left, I all really like every single one that's left.
1: I love it. So what is your? Let's go on to it. What's your number seven? The
0: number seven spot, or seven movies that are left. How green was my valley? That
1: is what I put too. (laughs) Little Roddy McDowell.
0: <laughs> um, I mean, how can you not love little Roddy McDowell? I, I think How Green is My Valley is... A, I mean, it's a John Ford movie. It's great. It's really well made. It um, has great acting. Um, the cinematography is gorgeous. Beautiful. Uh, it, it's a really well-told family story. Uh, um and it's a solid movie. It it feels like a middle of the pack movie though, because there's it's like there's nothing wrong with it, um, but it's also not like top echelon, you know. Definitely. Uh, type of movie, and it did. You know, it does have that caveat that it has to have the the anchor that is hung to How Green is My Valley for all of its life, is that it beats Citizen Kane. But that's not exactly. how Green with my Valley's fault. You know what I'm saying? So it's like it's not. Uh, it's, it's definitely it, not. It's a great it's a great little movie. It's um Yeah, I mean it's a solid film. That's that's it.
1: I'll agree with you. I put it in my number seven spot too. You know, I when I watch it for the first time. There's a lot of expectations built up because it is the movie that beat Citizen Kane, but it didn't deserve to beat Citizen Kane, which is what you just mentioned. That's kind of you know the what's following this movie. However, when I watched it, I was really kind of surprised by how much I really did enjoy it. So that's kind of why it moved down a little bit further on the spot for me. I yeah, like you said, there's nothing wrong with this movie. Uh, it's just you know a, a matter of taste where the six below this, I happen to really really like i
0: yep you you (laughs) i and and that is we are that's when i when i said the top six i kind of forgot about how green is my valley because that's the other thing you also forget about that movie um let's just go ahead (laughs) why don't you tell me your number six
1: okay because i think this is
0: where we may divert We'll see. I think it
1: is too. I think it is too. Yeah. Okay.
0: In my number six spot, I have Mrs. Miniver. Okay. Oh. Uh. <laughs> I have. Uh, you talk about Mrs. Miniver, and then I'll tell you what's on mine.
1: Okay, Mrs. Miniver. It it um was kept out of my top five for a couple of reasons. The first reason being, this is William Wyler's second best picture film in the forties. Also, his second discussing World War II. In my opinion, it is. Um, not it is the one that isn't as good. You know what I mean? It kind of stands as the number two over his other film. Um, and also, I there are parts of Mrs. Miniver that I just think need to be cut out completely, mainly the whole flower contest subplot. I just think that takes away from the <laughs> overall dramatic yeah. impact of the film. It really slows the movie down and does not do it any kind of justice. However, the performances are um, really, really good in this movie. In particular, Greg Arson. But they just missed on the top five because I liked William Wyler's other Best Picture winner
0: a lot better. <laughs> How about you? Uh, the Lost Weekend. Mm. Um, I The Lost Weekend's great. I just want to clarify that. Um, I think that in a similar way that you're ranking William Wyler in this situation, I'm ranking Billy Wilder. because. Okay. I I can't think about The Lost Weekend without thinking about the fact that Double Indemnity is a better movie to me. Sure. And that Sunset Boulevard is a better movie to me. The Apartment, Some Like It Hot. <laughs> you know, yes. all these movies that I would prefer to watch to The Lost Weekend. All while acknowledging the fact that The Lost Weekend still is a very great movie about alcoholism. And uh, one of the first movies to really tackle that, so it's important. Um, also, in terms of best picture, compared to the next five I'm going to be discussing, it does feel a little uh, small. Sure. So I, can see uh, that. I, I I guess with best pictures, I like my my epics.
1: That makes sense? I can see that. Okay.
0: let's oh, here we go. our top five now. My number five is Mrs. Miniver. Gotcha. Um, pretty close to where you put it. Uh, I, um, I, I really like Mrs. Miniver. I think it's a great little film. I would agree that there are, there are some little parts that maybe slow it down here and there. Um, I get what the flower contest is doing in the movie and it's cute, but it's, um, but, uh, it doesn't quite, uh, live up to the heft of the rest of the film particularly the section where Greer Garson is, um, with the soldier, um, the, the German soldier in the house. And whenever the house gets like practically destroyed and when we lose Teresa Wright in the movie, spoiler, um, like, <laughs> um, uh, all of that to me is just so, um, it's just so, uh, it, it's just such a, a, ca- a time capsule. And um, while I don't think it's uh, quite the level of perfection of the next few movies I'm going to talk about, um, it is such a great representation of the 1940s. That is my number five. Now, you talk about your number five.
1: So I put All the King's Men in the number five spot, um, mainly because I was, again, very surprised by how much I liked this movie. Mm Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is, I don't want to say it's like the Academy making up for not giving Citizen Kane best picture. And they decide to go for, a, you know, a kind of a similar storyline uh, with All the King's Men. But this movie stands so separate from Citizen Kane. And uh, it is it's so surprising that a movie like this came out in the 1940s. I just think oh, yeah. it's, do you know what oh. I mean? It's so like, it just seems very... Um, uh, dangerous, you know, there's just some kind of aura of corruption in well it. Better than the movie it. Dangerous. Yes, way better than the movie <laughs> Dangerous, yes. But there's just a certain level of corruption in this film that I was not prepared to see, but was so glad that I did. It's like the, the messiness that you get into in All the King's Men, like the dirtiness, that's what I wanted in Gentleman's Agreement, but didn't get, you know? So all of that, um, the dark subject matter, the stuff that they do in All the Kingsmen, I was just very happy. It's like, oh, yes, okay, we're kind of finally able to do some more, you know, darkly cinematic things on the screen. I love this. So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed All the Kingsmen, Men, especially uh, Bosley Crowther's, not no, Bosley Crowther, that is, no, yeah, no. Especially Broderick. <laughs> His name is Broderick Crawford. I really liked Roderick Crawford's performance a lot in this movie.
0: I, uh, this is great. The reason I had you go is because my number four is all the Kingsmen. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Oh,
1: and the higher. I love
0: that. Yes. I loved all the Kingsmen. I thought it was great. Um, like a near perfect movie. Um, and you know, the way that we talked about the interesting style of editing last week. Yes. Um, and there is a frenetic pace to the movie that I, I just love. And um, the performances are just astounding. Mercedes McCambridge is mm-hmm. perfect.
1: Yes, that scene what in the
0: mirror. Sense. I can't get over it. It's so good. She's one of my favorite supporting actress wins now. Mm. Like, that's so deserved. Oh, I love it's that sentence. Movie. Um, I mean, it is... Uh, it's so pertinent to today, um, so timely. I, I mean, All the King's Men is just excellent. excellent. So that's my number four. My number four is The Best
1: Years of Our Lives. Ooh, that's oh. lower than I would. <laughs> yeah, I, I was.
0: I, I thought be a little.
1: <laughs> I thought you may be a little shocked at where I put this movie. It's in the top five for me, but only at number four. I guess just because the movies underneath it for me, I just, I don't know. They're some of my favorite movies of all time.
0: This is, the 40s has a really great collection of of winners on the whole. It does. You know? And like
1: these, my top, so these top four movies, I have very like personal experiences when I watch them for the first time, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think it's, there's also some sentimental voting here on how I felt when I first discovered the movie versus how I feel now. You know, and Best Years of Our Lives was a movie that I watched a long, long time ago. Loved it so much. Um, I think the only thing that kind of takes it away from being either 3, 2, or 1 is just the length of it. You know, sometimes if it's for rewatch purposes, it's just kind of like. It is a very long movie. Like, you know, sometimes I just feel like. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I'm just not in the mood to sit down and watch a three hour long movie. However, you know, it's definitely well within my top five because the acting is so so good in this movie and it brought a sense of just pure realism to world war ii in the aftermath that i think affected and changed a, a lot of the ways that filmmakers approach war films in the future that is just a very important movie as well
0: yeah no i i i i'll say more about that in a minute I love that. <laughs> what's your number uh, three my number three is rebecca hmm Okay, talk, tell me about it. Um, I love Rebecca. I think uh, Rebecca's one of my favorite movies. The, the These top three, they're all three favorite all-time movies of mine. They're actually all three in my top ten list. Wow. So I have very strong feelings about all three of these movies. I've seen Rebecca so many times. <laughs> um, when I was in junior high and eighth grade, I convinced... My English teacher to let me make a version of Rebecca as a class project. Um, Which we have to find. <laughs> oh, it's not where, good, Sam. Where is um, it? I don't
1: care. I don't care. If I, have it's not it, good. I have it on
0: DVD here at the Holy apartment. Holy shit. Where, movie night. Movie when night. Can, um, you know, <laughs> be around yeah, people. Well, we're allowed again. to see people again. <laughs> but um, uh, I, I just love the atmosphere. I love uh, the mood. I love the tone. Um, I just said the same word three times, basically. Um I love I love the cinematography. I love the performances. I love the music. I love um, the, the the dialogue. Uh, it's just such a rich movie uh, from an excellent novel, if you ever get a chance to read it. Um, and it has haunted me since the moment I watched it. Haunted is exactly the word yes. I want to use there. Very haunting. And, and I agree with you. Line, Rebecca is my number three film as well. That first line. Oh. Last night, I dreamt I went to Manderley again. I'm in. I'm as there. i you creep I'm
1: up the driveway and you see it, Ugh, it's, it's so, so good. good. I mean, this, so movie, so good. this movie secured its top three spot for me um, just on the back of judith anderson's performance Ugh. for that for me alone i was just like this movie is one of the greatest of all times um yeah there's really nothing wrong with this film i first watched it back in high school as well it's funny this is back when i was getting into like watching a lot of these movies back in the d i had to buy them yeah this is before netflix everybody i had to go out and buy them and i'd go to barnes and noble in their classic movie section And Rebecca was one of the first
0: Best Picture movies I bought. What uh, what DVD was it? I'm curious. Oh, gosh. I'm trying to remember the cover of it now. Was it a single disc? Or was it a... Yes. No, it was a single disc. Oh, because I bought the Criterion Collection 2-disc, and that's how I first watched it. Oh, wow. It was the most, like, the cover, like, the Criterion cover art for it was, like... Gorgeous. The most beautiful thing. They've re-released it on blu-ray since then and it's different cover art now but the cover art from like the 2001 or whatever edition was just like
1: amazing
0: yeah no i love it yeah this is yeah it's
1: it's been one of my favorite best picture winners for a very long time and yeah there's just really nothing bad to say about it i love it so much the only thing is i love the other two movies in front of it more (laughs) i think i have a feeling i know what your number two is now probably okay so my number two is the lost weekend Yeah, I love this movie so, so, so much. Um, I think everything you said about Rebecca, the Uh atmosphere, the haunting quality to it, I feel like is very true for Rebecca. But it's also very true for The Lost Weekend, but making it more of a modern take on it and kind of brings it into your home. Like this could be a story that could happen to anybody. Alcoholism, writer's block, depression, depression. All of that stuff wrapped up
0: into one just twisted movie. I love it. Um, Yeah, well, I mean, I gave my thoughts about it a second ago. And so yep. uh, I think that we are ultimately on different pages, but the same book.
1: <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's
0: true. <laughs> that's very true. Um, okay, uh, so that leads us to number two for me. Yes. Which is... The best years of our lives
1: yep that makes sense
0: (laughs) i love the best years of our lives um it is not something that i can necessarily sit if i the problem with best years of our lives for me is not that it's three hours long but that if i if i were to see it on tv or something i would then not be able to do anything else for the next three hours. Cause I'll be sitting there watching the best years of our lives. Um, yeah. <laughs> although I can pick it up at any point in the movie and I'm into it. Um, I love the character development. I love, um, I love what it's saying about war. I love what it's saying about, um, about our society. Uh, I think it, the message of it holds up so incredibly well. And the direction is perfect. Um, nothing. It's not too sentimental. It's not. It just hits. It just hits it right there in the spot where it's most effective to say what it's saying. I agree. I would okay, agree. So, big shocker. What's one, <laughs> one, Sam? It is Casablanca. <laughs> Could there be any other? I mean, it's. Everything people say about Casablanca is true. <laughs> I don't I know. know what else to say. <laughs> no, it deserves the hype, people.
1: I just, if you haven't seen Casablanca, i, I you have to. You just, you really have to. It is it's just one of the so seminal great. examples of American filmmaking. It's so great. It's, yeah, it's got
0: everything. It's like, it's, it, it sucks you in. It's just such a, and it's, it's, if you want to talk about length of a movie, it's like, what? an hour 45 or something it's like the perfect the movie perfect length. um <laughs> yes. and it just like it like it starts and it just and goes. You, you, it just goes and you automatically know what the plot is and and then you're just on a journey with one of the best i mean people talk about humphrey bogart and ingrid bergman but the ensemble of the movie is so good so and good. there's So many iconic lines, so many iconic moments, like the um, Le Marcier scene uh, where they sing the uh, anthems over each other. Uh, Like that's, I mentioned that moment because, like, people go straight to the ending or they go to, uh, you know, uh, Paris. We'll always have, they always go to that stuff, but like, even this there's just so many nuggets like oh yeah built within it and just the entire first section which is just dealing with this one night at at uh, Rick's Cafe i mean like it just builds so beautifully yep. and you just you by the end of this first section you know every single character um and you know exactly what's happening you got all the conflict established and it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect.
1: It's absolutely great. It'll it be has the top one of five,
0: my we do a 90 movie list.
1: Absolutely. So. I mean, there's yeah. a reason why this film has stayed on AFI's, you know, top 100 movies within the top 5 or at least top 10 every uh, right. yeah, yeah, top 5, right? Every single time they do it. It's just it is a classic in every sense of the word. Yep. And everything about is... it. It's like you say, it's like that it's almost like when you mentioned Gone with the Wind and how it's like the perfect example of how the studio system, everything can line up so perfectly to create a wonderful piece of film, I think the same is true with Casablanca. Like, oh, I can't sure. think of a better cast, direction of it, the way it's filmed, and the screenplay. And it's like an accident. Especially the
0: screenplay. Yeah, it's just, it's amazing. It's, yeah. Because it's like nobody, it's not, it wasn't a movie that was born out of a passion to tell a story. <laughs> exactly. Know? It was a movie born out of making a product, basically. <laughs> and yeah. it just happened all the stars aligned and somehow Casablanca happened. And I'm so glad it did. <laughs> As am I. No, yeah. It is it
1: is my favorite best picture winner of the nineteen forties. But now I ask you this my other favorite. question.
0: It's it's up there. It's it's maybe the best one so far. Yes, so
1: far. But here's my my final follow-up question for you in regard to the 1940s movies. Mm-hmm. Casablanca is your favorite Best Picture winner. Mm-hmm. What is your favorite movie of the 1940s, though? Okay, uh, do you want to say my favorite movie besides Casablanca? Is that the... <laughs> yeah, so, like, yeah, like you didn't have to win Best Picture. Like, is there
0: a movie that you like? Oh, uh, let's say, let, let's do that. My favorite non-Best Picture winner. There we go. What is 1940s. your favorite non-Best uh, Because, honestly, like, Casablanca, Best Years of Our Lives, Rebecca, those are all, like, favorites for me. For sure. Um, But uh, I would say uh, The Heiress. Ooh, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) You know what? You're right. (laughs) When you're right, you're right.
0: (laughs) Uh, We
1: are going to come back next week, and we're going to start a new decade, the 1950s, with with probably what is it going to be the number one spot when we rank the 1950s, <laughs> the best picture winner, all about Eve. I will say that
0: almost 100% certain. <laughs> I
1: can say it's,
0: yeah, I Unless agree the greatest that. show on earth really surprises me. I think that.
1: <laughs> hey, never say never. You don't hey. know.
0: <laughs> okay. So we'll talk to you next week, guys.